Welcome to The Cobot Show, the podcast that breaks down the barriers of industrial automation. My name is Danielle Marlette from Universal Robots, and talking with me today is Joe Campbell, longtime veteran of the robot industry and head of marketing for the Universal Robots North America. We also have with us a guest speaker today, Christopher Savoya, UR Plus Ecosystem Manager for the Americas. Today, they're going to talk about what's new in the UR Plus ecosystem. Hey, Chris, glad to have you on the show. Looking forward to a great discussion. Thank you, Joe. I'm happy to be here. And thank you, Danielle, for the warm welcome. It seems like we have a lot to talk about today. So let's we jump do. Into so it. let's uh, so let's jump right to it. Now, I'm going to start off by asking you a, a softball question. A lot of our listeners don't know exactly what a UR plus ecosystem is. Could you talk a little bit about what the program structure is and your role in it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so UR Plus, uh, UR Plus is, I like to give the analogy that UR Plus is essentially an app store uh, for robotics, and it's really the first of its kind. Uh, so what we found with the types of markets that we're going after with Universal Robots is that we want to reduce the barrier to integrating and developing on robots. And we found that a lot of people were reinventing the wheel all the time. So we tried to create a program where people can take products that they're developing all the time anyway and productize them and to come to us to test them and to launch them onto a website so that we can promote them to customers and they can be visible to everyone. So it, so it really sounds like the core benefit is we, we, we with these products, we can strip out the time and cost and risk of the typical engineering process for peripherals. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah. So things like, uh, for example, a gripper, and this is something that you can probably speak to, Joe, with your experience in traditional uh, you know, robotics and everything like that. Uh, it could take a long time to, in to integrate a simple end of arm tooling. If you don't really know uh, a lot about automation, or even if you do know a lot about automation, but perhaps you're getting into a new area of it, uh, this really reduces the barrier to entry so that you can essentially take a product that you know works on Universal Robots and just take it out of the box and plug it in and be up and running in just a few minutes. Yeah, in the traditional world, that's a two to four day effort. There's always a little bit of mechanical design and electrical and <clears throat> a little bit of software and test. So it, it really uh, it, it adds up very quickly and really impacts the cost. Yeah. Now, I also hear... UR Plus talked about in in these two different buckets, components and kits. Could you kind of walk us through the difference between those two? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's good to take a step back and even consider the history a little bit. So uh, UR Plus components are very much what you may have been familiar with if you had heard of the UR Plus program um, prior. And UR Plus components uh, are pretty much made of of things that are individual products. So things like grippers, things like vision cameras, uh, accessories, uh, perhaps they're like cable guidance or tool changers, you know, those kind of individual products uh, constitute the UR Plus component section. And uh, there's another new section that we debuted uh, back in March and it's called application kits. Application kits are really uh, for the people that know what the end goal is, but they don't necessarily know how to get there all the time, or they don't know the individual components they need to get to the end goal. So what we've tried to do is package together individual components uh, and also to create some really nice software that kind of guides the customers through 
the setup and programming processes. And that's what an application kit is, essentially. So it sounds like that you actually start much closer to a solution, maybe not 100% of the way, but much further up the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to consider it, um, you know, when you're going shopping, and, and this is true for anything, uh, really, you know, whether you're looking for a dishwasher or for a robot, uh, at least nowadays, people do a lot of their research online, you know, so there's like kind of two sections of of the whole journey that I like to break it into. I like to consider the discovery, and then I like to consider the deployment. And UR Plus application kits really help with both of those sections. That's where, that's good, yep, very good. So let's talk a little bit about what is new in the world of UR Plus. Um, I know we had a flurry of activity just a few weeks ago, and uh, could you give us some highlights of what's what's new in the program? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the flurry was around uh, an event that we hosted called the Cobot Expo, which was really interesting. Um, Universal Robots goes to a lot of trade shows, uh, and you know we have a really great brand, and, and we're kind of all around uh, the industrial world at trade shows typically, but of course with everything that's going on in the world right now, we had to pivot to a more digital event. So we had the Cobot Expo, which was the North America's largest collaborative robot online event. And uh, in, in order to launch this event, we wanted to have a really good message to our partners and to our customers about who was gonna be there. And it, it turned out that we actually launched 12 products to UR Plus the week prior to the Cobot Expo. And that's the culmination of months and months of work. Uh, so when we launch a product to UR Plus, that's after the company has developed the product, of course, they've customized the product to Universal Robots and then Universal Robots has received those products and tested it ourselves so that we know that it works with Universal Robots. So there is quite a bit of work that goes into a product launch for UR Plus, and we were very happy to have all those things culminate kind of at one time. Yeah, the, the Expo was a great success. We, uh, we actually had uh, 26 partners with us at the Expo in mm -hmm. addition to our exhibits, and uh, the feedback has been universally positive. We, we had thousands of visitors and... Uh, it was a great, uh, as you said, a great shopping event because you could take from the robot all the way out to the to the components and the kits. So that was yep. that was good. Um, Definitely. So when we talk about components, um, I mean, they kind of range from very very small in scale, simple, mm -hmm. uh, to some very complex. I think I heard about one. There's a Nintendo controller to help drive a UR robot. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So this is a company out of Florida called Wiretank. Um, he's an integrator for Universal Robots. So uh, he helps our customers with the more complex applications um, to make sure the robot gets hooked into their other machines and things like that. And uh, what he realized is that, you know, he, he kind of had this very specific problem. When, when he's programming the robot, he kind of uses the teach pendant a lot. Uh, to program the robot, but then he puts the robot down and puts it into free drive mode and moves the robot down around manually. And uh, it was frustrating for him at times, you know, because he was doing so many robot deployments. And so he created this really simple controller, um, and then he created this super slick software, uh, this plugin for the Universal Robots that kind of works with the controller. And it's mostly for programming. So this is not something that you would use in production. Um, but it is something if you're deploying a robot or deploying multiple robots, um, it's nice to be able to plug the controller in and, yeah. and to 
like jog the robot around nicely in axes and stuff like that. And uh, if you're a millennial listening to this, uh, it's a controller that we've all had experience with. It's a Nintendo 64 controller, actually. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, spoken spoken like a true millennial. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's 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 nice. I haven't held one of those in a long time, so it was a pretty cool product to get my hands on. <laughs> nice to see. Very nice yeah. to see. Um, I understand also some longtime partners like Robotique launched some new products recently. Yeah, so Robotique had a number of uh, really cool upgrades. So they're a great partner, and they have a lot of things that are very customized to Universal Robots, and one of them is the wrist camera. Um, so they offer this camera uh, that, that plugs right into the wrist. It's very popular on a robots, especially if you're buying like the first robot and you kind of want to see what the technology is out there. Uh, this wrist camera is like the easiest vision camera I've ever seen to set up. Uh, everything happens right there on the teach pendant and uh, it like kind of auto calibrates. You, you just don't have to mess with any of that really fuzzy technical stuff. Uh, that you do with normal cameras. So they released an upgrade to their vision camera that allows you to pull in CAD models of your parts. And Very slick. Uh, it helps helps out the matching algorithm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't they also introduce a gripper, a new handy? They did. So uh, they introduced, um, uh, a, well, a gripper that had been on the market for a while, they introduced an upgrade for it uh, that allows you to have higher payload, uh, which is a really big deal for applications like machine tending or something. Um, if you're using our, our UR16 robot with the 16 kilogram payload and you have a dual gripper setup, which means you have two grippers mm -hmm. on the end of the robot, um, you can get a lot more out of that application. So you can be picking up uh, products uh, as much as five kilograms. Uh, forgive me, I don't have the specs off the top of my head right now, mm -hmm. but essentially you can be holding two five kilogram parts uh, in the end of arm tool of the robot. So if you have a if you're kind of like pulling a, a, a part out of a lathe, for example, you can also have one in the other gripper so you can put the part right back into the lathe. And yeah. typically we see like a 40% reduction in cycle time when we have two grippers on the end of the robot. It's like having two hands. So the arm only has to move into position once and then it can kind of swap out the parts real quick sure. and then move back and put it down. You carry a finished part, you carry a blank at all times, get it perfect. Exactly, yep. Um, now, I also understand that there were some new kits that have been launched recently. And in fact, we've had a sound like a flurry of activity around kits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So application kits are, by the nature of their name, uh, specific to an application, right? Uh, so we've had four application kits launched uh, just prior to the Cobot Expo. Two were palletizing kits that made use of the UR10E uh, with its longer reach and a, a additionally like a vertical seventh axis that allows a robot to move up and down for tall pallets and then some kind of end of arm tooling like a foam suction gripper or a suction cup gripper. Um, and those uh, both make use of a software uh, plugin from the UR Plus ecosystem called Pally, uh, which is this really cool configurable software that allows you to set up your palettes, kind of visualize what they're going to be, set the box orientation. It, it makes it almost um, foolproof, I would say, in terms of getting those applications out the door. Is, so that, is, that, is that common to see kits composed of other UR Plus components? Yeah, it's something that we're seeing more and more. In the very beginning, back in March, I would say the application kits were typically from one company, right? Um, 
and actually one of the requirements we have for application kits is that they are serviced through one company and, and sold through one company to make the buying process as easy as possible in the service process. But, you know, in the beginning, we did find that most of the companies were taking their own components, putting them into a kit and selling them. Now we're seeing a lot more, um, uh, you know, good faith and, uh, you know, interoperability between uh, different components on the store. So this is a great example of that mm -hmm. where... We have one company that's really good at software and other companies that are very good at hardware and integration. And those hardware and integration companies can go out and, and solicit kind of like modern uh, software to get this application kit deployed. And it's a really good synergy between kind of old school ways and new school ways of doing things, I think. Yeah, that's very cool. So palletizing was one. What other application examples on the kit side? Yeah, so we've had uh, a lot of noise in the welding uh, market mm -hmm. recently. So we have two new welding mar uh, kits to market. Uh, and one is a MIG welding and one is a TIG welding uh, application kits. So uh, welding is actually a great example of an application kit because it really has everything you need right there in the crate to be able to get up and run it in a couple hours, which is no small feat with welding if you have any experience with it. it they usually come with a table uh, they come with some fixturing equipment, so you can latch your parts down right to the table right away. Uh, they come with the power supply, of course, for the welder out of the box. They come with cable management to be able to route that power supply uh, cabling and, and the, the feeding system up the arm. And then they, of course, come with the torch on the end of the arm, too. So uh, we've seen a lot of success in that market with collaborative robots. And it's, it's something interesting, too, because a lot of people think uh, collaborative robot, how could you ever do welding with it, right? Uh, that would never be safe, you know? Um, but actually, when you, when you start to get into it a little bit, uh, it really makes a lot of sense. Uh, collaborative robots, you can move them around by hand. And for welders who have never seen a robot before or, or used them, being able to have that tactile feedback and be able to show the robot where to weld is really, really important to them. Yeah, and I've been here. I've been here for 18 months, and when I joined, we're, we had virtually no no welding activity yeah. in our markets, and it has certainly exploded. Yeah, and I think that whole concept of the skilled welder being able to position the torch exactly the way he would position it by hand, uh, it really gives them some ownership over the system. Yep, and the software is really important as well on those systems. So. Uh, our partners have done a great job of making software that speaks in the language of the welder, right? We try and get away from all these robot terms, these these jargon terms for robots that uh, inevitably we all get very used to. But you know, for people who are welders, they're not they're not used to what a move J is or a move L or something like that. You know, they think about um, you know voltages and and, and feeds and and different parameters, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So. Changing all those terminologies and giving software that kind of relates to the welder is a really important part of uh, getting acceptance and being able to to get into that market. So what about Robotique's finishing kit? Did, have they done a similar approach to really speak the language of the surface finishing world, the cabinet baking and woodworking world? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, theirs is definitely, they were groundbreaking when they released their finishing kit. They were the first one to really think about what a finishing kit looks like. And, and really, it's material removal in a lot of different ways. So it could be sanding, it could be polishing, uh, it could be kind of just cleaning. Um, so they do do that. Uh, and, and they also have this really cool software that allows you to 
uh, record a bunch of points, and the robot will kind of naturally follow like a uh, organic curve, I guess. So a great uh, example that they had at the release was sanding uh, a chair uh, with like a curved back, the kind that you'd see in like a cafeteria or something like that. Uh, that's a process where there's someone manually doing that right now, and there's a lot of people probably blowing out their shoulders and their back because they have to apply just enough force where it can be a repetitive stress injury. Um, and that's a great example of something where they've taken all these components together. They've taken the sander, really nice software, you know, the solenoids and all that little stuff you need to control the sander, and they've packaged it all together. So you can literally just get this box, plug it into the robot, be up and running in a couple couple hours. That yeah, looks. I saw a demo and it, uh, I mean, the traditional programming approach would have taken, you know, a day or two mm -hmm. uh, to do that chair. And I think they, they taught eight points and uh, 15 minutes later they were in production. So yeah, very impressive. Yeah. And the other option is, you know, if, if you were going to, you could either program it locally on the robot and kind of like work through this whole long thing that took days of programming, or you could use an offline programmer where you have to pull your parts into this secondary program and then map out all the moves and stuff. So that's learning another piece of software. It's an intermediary step. They've yeah. cut that whole thing out, basically. Um, so it, it really is nice for workflows. Well, that also increases the penetration into the small and medium enterprise. If you're talking about doing offline programming and a simulation package, that's not for the that's not for the twenty person shop. Yeah, uh, just not there. not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. No. Yeah. So. So what else is on your radar for new? Let's talk about new. Tell our tell our listeners what uh, what else is coming out that's interesting yeah. and exciting. So I have uh, two companies that have recently launched products that are based off of iOS apps, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. kind of like applications that work with the robot or uh, otherwise use the robot uh, right there on your phone. And I think that's really cool because that's really starting to bring – uh, industrial automation, I think, into truly modern times. Uh, the first one I'd like to point out is uh, Hirebotics. They're a company that has been a system integrator for us for a long time. Uh, and they've created a free iOS app that allows you to connect to your robot and, and remotely monitor it. This uh, is their Be Beacon software package? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's called Beacon. And uh, you can see this right now on the UR Plus webpage. It's free to sign up. You just have to send them an email so they can kind of authorize your account. Uh, and then you have to get your robot connected to the internet. Um, and if you have those two requirements, uh, then you can for free use this service, pull all your stuff in. It makes service and support uh, really, really easy because you can click like download log files and it automatically creates uh, a shared drive for you to send to UR or to the person that you bought the robots from, whoever you need to. So that's Excellent. a really cool uh, product for sure. And that's going to continue to grow. Nice. The other one uh, I want to point out is called OmniFit. And it's from a company called Native Robotics. And actually a, a former Universal Robots engineer uh, left and started this company. And this, comp uh, this application is all about augmented reality, AR. You know, that's a big buzzword nowadays. And... Uh, oftentimes that's all it is, is a buzzword. But in this case, it, it really does work and it, it is really, really cool. So if you have, I think, like an iPhone 10 or later or like a, a newer iPad, um, they have this like ability to kind of accurately measure dimensions. Like it's built right into the, mm. to the iOS yeah. device. And so what you can do is essentially walk around your shop floor with this app and you can 
uh, hold the iPad up to where you want to put a robot, you can click and it'll actually put a robot into, into virtual space. You can see it right through the camera of your phone or your iPad and it will be real sized. So say you have a CNC machine, you can drop a machine tending like a cell right in front of it and see how it's going to fit, how it's going to look, all that stuff. And they have a bunch of different applications. They support palletizing, machine tending, welding, like all the, all the very common ones. Um, so that's fascinating. Think, yeah. This is a great way for people to try before you buy and to get a sense of yeah. what a real robotics project kind of ends up looking like, you know, without having to go on to case studies and, and see that they can see it in their own shop. I also heard about a new LabVIEW interface. Is that uh, is that on the market? Yeah, yeah. So from the same company that brought us the Nintendo 64 joystick, actually, uh, he is kind of an expert. Uh, his company is experts at um, creating LabVIEW interfaces. So there's modules to plug into LabVIEW uh, for serial communication and for I.O. connection. Excellent. Yep. Um, I always get asked about 3D bin picking. Um, I know, of course, we have a, a product called ActiNav, which we've talked about here on the podcast a couple times. But there's a lot of confusion about what is the difference between other 3D bin picking offerings on the market. And many of these are in the UR Plus sector. Maybe could you mm -hmm. speak a couple minutes on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so bin picking, I think, personally, was considered like the the holy grail of applications for robotics, because one of the fundamental problems with robotics is considering part in feed. So humans are really good at picking things out of a bin, right? And they're really good at adapting and changing to whatever the way that a part is presented to them. Robots are kind of inherently bad at that. You know, they have to have things exactly perfect every time to be able to pick them up in a repeatable way. So the idea with bin picking is to give robots 3D vision so that they can see into a bin and kind of grab random cluttered parts out of it. Uh, and for a long, long time, a lot of people tried it. Uh, and I think a lot of people are continuing to work on it. Um, but it was really a tool without uh, a specific use case uh, in a lot of cases. Um, and what we've done, uh, Universal Robots, when we, when we launched the application kits back in March, we decided to put out an application kit ourselves, and that is called ActiNav. Um, and ActiNav simplifies a lot of the most common problems that you saw with bin picking. I won't get too much into the weeds about it, but essentially ActiNav allows you to focus very specifically on machine tending, right? And when you have homogenous bins of parts, which means that all the parts are the same, uh, it allows you to have a solution that you know is going to work pretty well. Um, so. Uh, it's a kit that comes uh, from Universal Robots. It's sold through our distributors, and it comes with a sensor. It comes with an end effector. It kind of it comes with a controller box and all the little bits and pieces you need to get up and running. Um, so I think it's a really good solution. It's very specifically tailored toward machine tending, which is great because bin picking is one of those things where it's really easy to like think that you have a correct application for it, but then you get into the details and it won't work. So what we've decided to do is be very narrow in our focus so that we can have the most success in that one area. Different technology than you would find for uh, order fulfillment or warehouse automation, et cetera. Very different, yes. So that is like the complete other end of the spectrum where every part is unique. And a lot of people have adopted artificial intelligence to be able to see and learn new objects there. 
uh, this isn't this isn't that. This is about a very specific niche where uh, you know we think we can be successful. And there's but a lot of market have, need too. Well, but we also have partners now that are addressing the other segments. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm located in Boston, Massachusetts, and I have a. This is kind of outside of the UR Plus realm. They're not a UR Plus partner, but I do have a fantastic company here local called Right Hand Robotics that's been very popular. Um, and they are focusing on the logistics market uh, and they can they have like an AI algorithm that they can learn new parts and stuff they can flow in. Um, and then if we are considering the UR Plus side of things, we have a lot of components that are the 3D sensors uh, to enable bin picking. People like... Uh, Picket, for example, is really popular, uh, and Photo Neo as well. Um, and these are companies that have created the sensor, but uh, in order to get the robot deployed, you need to kind of take the rest of it into account, which is where the application kits really help out. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Um, we just got a few more minutes. I got two other topics. What is coming from Europe? I know we've got a lot of partners in Europe that are starting to bring products into North America, and they're well-known brand names too, uh, at least the, the few that I've heard about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one in particular I'm, I'm super excited about is uh, Atlas Copco, uh, which is a screw driving company. You know, if, mm -hmm. if uh, you've probably used their tools at some point, especially if you know, you're a company that's doing assembly, uh, they have a lot of these torque fasteners, things like that. Um, this, this product has been a long time coming. We've been working with them for several years and we're finally coming to fruition here. They've completed their testing, so they're certified. We're going to be launching relatively soon. So hopefully the guys at Atlas, uh, Atlas don't mind me spilling the beans a little bit early, but, um, I think that it's going to be awesome because they don't just have the, the torque fastening, like kind of the expensive systems, but they actually have a way to mount like a normal screwdriver an atlas mm. screwdriver onto the end of it so uh thinking simple is a really big deal with collaborative robots you know 100 percent agree 100 yeah. percent agree looking forward to that soon i hope yeah yeah it, it should be coming out in uh september so we'll see you soon um last topic could you kind of give our listeners a walk through the new ur plus website and i think it's been reorganized and with a whole lot more information available yeah, it's something uh, we've been working a lot on is really uh, helping the customer experience on the UR Plus website and to give them the most possible uh, information on there. So UR Plus, the website is oftentimes people's first experience with UR Plus. Uh, you go on there similar to how you go on an app store and you start browsing uh, products. So the way that it's broken down when you first go to the UR Plus website, it's available through the generic universal-robots.com and then it's broken into two subcategories. Uh, application kits and components, as we've been talking about. Each of those are further broken down into uh, segments. So application kits are broken down into kind of eight high-level applications, things like uh, assembly, dispensing, machine tending, material handling, welding. And then all those are then broken down into subcategories. So welding is broken down into MIG, TIG, uh, brazing, soldering. You know? Yeah, makes sense. Um, on the component side, we break it down into... Uh, kind of more component categories. So things like accessories, vision components, grippers, process end effectors, and software, uh, basically. So you can browse in all those individual categories and then filter among there. It's one important thing to note that we launch products regionally uh, with UR Plus. So the products that you see in the United States, for example, are going to be different than what you see in Germany. And there's mm -hmm. a very 
good reason that we do that. Uh, if a company develops a UR Plus product in Germany, they can't always service, support, or even sell their product here in the United States. So uh, we check IP addresses when you go onto the website and, and show you the products that are launched in your territory. Um, so Makes total uh, sense. Yeah, there are times that you'll hear about a UR Plus product you might not be able to see on the website. Just keep that in mind and just uh, reach out to UR if you have a question. We'll be happy to help you. And if Excellent. any of our listeners are looking, if they're on the website and they want to learn more about a specific product that they're looking at, what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, so right there, there's a request more information from partner. Uh, so one thing, you know, getting back to that first uh, analogy that I had, it's like an app store. It is like an app store. You know, we test and we, we launch these products, um, but we actually service directly through UR Plus company. So we're gonna put you in touch directly with them when uh, you request information from the website there. It'll send, uh, uh, you know, a, a notice to them that they should be reaching out to you. So you can click on that button right there and uh, and submit it. That information also does come to UR. So, you know, you can kind of leave notes there. And if you wanna like, in the note say like hey i want to talk to a universal robot person or whatever um you know just uh type out a little note there and say what your need is and we'll make sure to get back to you very quickly excellent chris this has been a great conversation it ended too too soon so i think we'll yeah. schedule another one yeah um, that was Dan a quick 30 minutes or so it was danielle thank you so much for your time as the uh, executive producer and uh we're looking forward to the next one me as thank well thank you guys for having me Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. And for our listeners, we have a lot more automation information coming your way. So if you aren't already following The Cobot Show, follow us here on Spotify and now on Apple Podcasts. This episode and many others are available on our website at universal-robots.com slash podcast. And if you have a specific question about what we discussed today, you're looking for next steps in your automation journey, or if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, Send us an email at ur.na at universal-robots.com. Thank you for listening.